0: Forest City Church. Anyone and everyone. We're actually going to back up a few verses from where we were last week in Luke chapter eight. Uh, So we're going to look at um, uh, Luke chapter eight verses twenty-two, excuse me, through twenty-five. So let me let me read this for us this morning. Um, It says this: One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, "Let us go across to the other side of the lake." And so they set out, and as they sailed, uh, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake. And they were filling uh, with water and were in danger. And they went and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid. And they marvel, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even winds and water? And they obey him. And so, listen, I, I will admit, I do feel a little bit of pressure today because this is a familiar passage, maybe familiar to many of you. And so, uh, man, I feel a little pressure to to extract maybe some, some relevant revelation uh, from this. Um, and then also, I don't normally say this, I wouldn't normally say this, but, but I'm pretty confident that, that there is a word today for everyone in the room. Um, because listen, the, the, the senior saints would say, uh, man, you're either in a storm, right? You're either coming out of a storm or you're about to go into a storm, right? The storms being those trials and tribulations of life. And, and if you've been living and you, and you haven't necessarily experienced a storm yet, the senior saints would say, Keep living, right? Um, So that's what they were saying. So, so I'm I'm confident that there's gonna be a good time, and so there's gonna be a little bit of me sharing. There's gonna be some some observations that I'll make. I'm going to maybe ask a couple questions for reflection, and then I I may even have a little bit of crowd participation today. So we got a lot going on today. Uh, It's gonna be good, though. It's gonna be good. So let me let me jump in here. Uh, Luke eight twenty two. Let me kind of read it. Um, Here's what it says. Not the whole thing, but just parts of it. It says, one day he got into a boat. With his disciples, and he said to them, "Let us go across to the other side of the lake." So they set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came on the lake, and they were filled, and they were filling with water, um, and were in danger. And they said, they, "They said, I'm sorry." And they went and woke him, saying, "Master, Master, we are perishing." And so, what was going on is uh, Jesus has been teaching all day. And he is wore out, um, and he says, man, listen, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. Through other accounts, we know that he's talking about and referring to uh, the Sea of Galilee, okay? Um, And the Sea of Galilee, it's not really a sea. You think of a sea, you think of a a small ocean, but it's truly a lake. Again, that's that's how Jesus referred to it. He referred to it as a lake. And so here you go. You see the Sea of Galilee. It's between its uh, northern and southern shores. It's about 13 miles long. Between the eastern and western shores, it's about seven and a half um, miles long. And so what you also see is in the picture, you can even see it is that uh, along the rim of the Sea of Galilee, you see hills um, and you see mountains. And What's also interesting about the Sea of Galilee is is that it's also the the lowest fresh water, body of water in the world. It it sits at 700 feet um, below sea level, right? So a very interesting and unique body of water um, in our world, right? And so Jesus is at the Sea of Galilee. He just finished teaching. He said, hey, let's go across to the other side of the lake. So they get into a boat. And what's really cool is Uh, man, we we may know a little bit about what that boat may have been like um, because the Sea of Galilee experienced, there was a a severe drought around uh, 1986. And so the water receded and someone found the boat um, in the lake. And it just so happened that that boat dated back to about 100 B.C. to 100 A.D. So right around the time of Jesus. And so this is a, a replica of that boat, right? This type of boat, which is a sailboat, which, is, which is, matches the, the account here they were, they were sailing across, um, is about 28, 28 feet long and, and seven and a half feet wide. Um, and this could have been very much the, the type of boat that they traveled across the, the, the lake in, right? And so they go, they get in the boat, they go across the lake. There's a, there's a pillow there for Jesus because if you're fishing, and you may be fishing all night, they, they, it wasn't... Um, Unusual to have a pillow there so you can go to sleep, and so so Jesus tired from the day, um, and then what happens is a storm comes which is typical of, of what would happen at the Sea of Galilee because storms happen there often. So I'm not a meteorologist, but I, I, I do the best that I can. And so um, the, 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 the cold air from the mountains and in the, in the hills uh, comes down and meets the warm air on the surface of the lake. And so you have storms, you have wind and, and waves. So it, 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 this is something that happens. And so, um, so there's a storm um, as they're on the lake. And so we get an indication of how intense the storm is because the scripture says they were in danger. Now you have his disciples that some of them were fishermen, okay? They had been on the Sea of Galilee, right? They had, they had been fishing. I would estimate that they had been on the sea when there had been storms. And so since they are professionals, their level of danger is different than my level of danger, right? Uh, as soon as that thunder rolls, oh, no, we gotta go. We, <laughs> the storm, I don't know how to work that sail thing. We can, we can roll we're heading back. Different level of danger, right? Uh, so their level of danger is different. So we know that because these professional fishermen, they said, oh, man, this, this is a dangerous situation. Uh, we know how severe it was. And so uh, we get a picture because it, 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 uh, it was in 1992. There was a, a storm in the area. Uh, it was so severe that the Sea of Galilee, there were, there were 10 feet uh, waves that were, that were on the sea. And it was so significant, it even caused damage to Uh, the nearby town of Tiberias, right? And so you can see kind of how intense a storm can get on on the Sea of Galilee. So the storm is happening, and it's intense, and, and they go to Jesus, and they say to Jesus, Master, Master, we are perishing. In Mark's account, he says, Teacher, don't you care that we are drowning? And so I have to ask myself in the room today, and I wonder for you as well, have you, have you been where the disciples are here in this moment? Have you been here where you experience circumstances um, that are out of your control, but they cause you to suffer? And you may even ask yourself, or you may even say, like, man, I don't, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve what I'm experiencing. And so you do what, what good Christians do, when you, you you pray about it. You, you may even rally other folks to, to pray about your circumstances and, and, and uh, the situation you find yourself in, and, but nothing happens. And, and the thing goes unchanged. And eventually you begin to question, man, does, does God even really love me and care for me? Because if he did, I wouldn't be facing this situation. And so I know that as I think about it, I know that I've been there several times before. Um, but there's one time in particular that, that comes to mind. Um, it was 2005. Uh, I had lost my brother in 2003, so it's 2005, and my father is experiencing some illnesses. They 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 called it morning sickness, and so in the morning he would have a really he'd have a really hard time. He went to the doctor. The doctor was like, "Listen, you have a severe case a severe case of of indigestion, heartburn. Right? Take this medicine. If it persists, come back and see us." Right? Um, so it did persist, and so we went back to the doctor, and and eventually they found out that man, my doc, my father had stomach cancer. Okay. And so here it is, right? So there's there's a health challenge, and so we begin to pray, we believe in for the miracle. All those things are happening, uh, and so they, they they put my father. He undergoes surgery because they're they're going to try to remove um, they're going to try to remove the cancer. Um, but they get in there and realize that the cancer has spread all over his body. So they sew him back up, and, that, and that's it. That's a wrap. So they sew him back up, and they just sent him home. Um, and so we had to figure out how to care for him in the midst of what was stage four cancer. And I mean, it it was inevitable that he was going to die at that point. And so here at the time, so here's, here's kind of my family situation. I have, I have two older brothers. They're my half brothers. We don't, we don't have the same mother and father, right? Um, so as far as their level of responsibility that they feel in caring for my father, uh, it, may be, it may have not been that high. And then you have my mother um, who they were, they got divorced, right? And so you can understand, you know, that, that could be complicated as far, right? Uh, and then you have uh, my brother that, that we have the same mother and father. He's the one that passed away. In 2003. So when it comes to caring for my father, I mean, my, my brothers did help. Praise the Lord for them. My mom, I mean, despite it all, she still helped as well. But, but when it came to his care, when it came, at the end of the day, when it came to making sure my father was cared for, it rested on my shoulders. So I'm 22 at the time. I can barely take care of myself. I'm a, I'm a college dropout. I'm working in a factory overnight. So what I was doing, I would work at night, and then I would go to my father's house during the day to take care of him. And I began to see the deterioration of my father. This man that was once so full of life and and had such great presence and that was so strong, you begin to see him uh, diminish and become a shell of himself. And it got to the point to where he could barely talk. It got to the point to where he could barely walk. And there would be times when I'm trying to feed him and it it doesn't work. There's times when when he would grunt for me to take him to the restroom and, and we don't make it in time. And then I'm the one that's left there to clean it up. And then with my father, there was a standard of care, right? Because this is my father. I'm not going to let my father live in mess. So I have a standard for how he's going to be cared for. But I want to tell you that eventually what would begin to happen is I began to grow weary in this cycle of going to work at night and coming to care for him during the day and going to work at night and coming to care for him during the day. And it got to the point to where uh, my love for my father was no longer enough motivation for me to care for him like the way I wanted him to be cared for. And it was a struggle. And I remember being in the living room and having the realization that my father is dying in the other room. And I didn't have it in me to continue to care for him, which is uh, a tragic in and of itself. The fact that I was, had, had, had arrived at that spot. And so then, but then the miraculous happened. Out of nowhere, there's a knock at the door. And I'm like, who in the world is this, ma? He didn't have folks over like this, right? No one even really knew where he lived. And so the go to the door and open it. It's my cousin from California. I'm like, I haven't spoken to you in years. Number one, how did you even know my father was sick? Number two, how did you know where he lived? Number three, how did you even get in here? Because you got to get buzzed in. How did you know which apartment was his? But yes, she came. And she arrived and, and just came with this level of fresh love and began to attend to and care for my father. And for me, it was like, oh, man, it was I was able to exhale because, number one, I had relief. And then number two, my father was getting the care that he so that he deserved. So in that moment, right, um, it did something for me. But my father, he, he would he would die. Right. So so I did lose my brother. And then I did. I still lost my father. But something happened when when my cousin came through, because I know that I had nothing to do with it. And I know it was nobody but the Lord that brought my cousin to his house to deliver care. And so for me, the thing that was comforting for me, and I can't even explain it, but even though my circumstance didn't change related to the outcome, man, I knew the Lord was present and it made all the difference. So the Lord being present with me, right, that's the same thing that that the disciples had going for them as well, because the Lord was with them. The Lord was in the boat. So they go to him and, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and the the raging waves and they ceased and there was calm. And then he said, um, he said to them, where is your faith? The all-important the all question. And so, so, so I'm going to come back to the wind and the waves, but this, this question that Jesus asked them, where is your faith? So I would imagine, like, if, if I was the disciples and Jesus had asked me that, after we had just experienced what, what we had experienced, like, like, they're probably stunned by what he had just did. He just calmed the wind and the waves, right? But after you get over that, like, it's like, yo, like, like what do you mean where's my faith? I mean, do you see these six-foot-tall waves that, that's coming into the boat? Like we could have capsized and drowned. Like our, our lives were literally in danger. You're going to ask me where, where is my where is my faith? Like, is that, are you see, that's, that's what you're gonna ask me right now? And so um so what we see is that Jesus is, is not empathetic to the disciples at all. Jesus has zero empathy for them. Jesus could have been like, um, he could have been like, listen, I understand why you woke me up. Like, listen, this, this is a lot. Your lives were in danger, right? I, I, I get it. it. This is a big challenge for you, and I understand. Um, uh, so, so here's what you do. When this happens, you, you have to exercise your faith, and you have to trust in what I say. But you know what? Next time, I know you'll do a better job. That is not what Jesus said. Jesus' energy was like, "Yo, you have been with me. You have seen me heal. You've seen me. Uh, 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 you've seen me get rid of disease. Like, like you've seen me cast out demons, right? It's like, like when has something that I have said ever not come to pass? Like this is this is Jesus's energy. Like he is very matter of fact as relates to what the disciples were experiencing." And so here's what we have here. It says, there will be situations in your life that will take you to a place where you literally think you won't make it. Situations where you're on the brink of unfathomable loss. These situations are unavoidable and Jesus expects that it will be your level of faith that will get you through. So that's what Jesus is saying, right? After all the disciples experienced for Jesus, his response to be, where is your faith? Essentially, this is his response. This is what he is saying to the disciples. Like, yo, this is going to happen. Like, yo, this is unavoidable. This is the day and the life of someone that follows me. So listen, I want to I stay here for a little bit in this topic of, of faith because I think it's really important. I think that um, a lot of times we don't know exactly what to do with our faith. We don't know how to interact with our faith and engage with our faith. So I'm going to stay here for just a little bit. Um, if, I, if I go back to the disciples in the boat, after, after they're like, dude, we we just encountered the storm, right? I believe that, that their answer to the question, where is your faith? I believe the disciples may have responded in saying like, yo, um, I exercised my faith when I left my family. Uh, when I left my career and left everything that I know to follow you behind, and I'm in this boat with you right now. Right? That's where my faith is, Doc, right? And I think when it comes to us and our faith and, and how we experience our faith as Christians, I think it's similar to that, right? As Christians, we say, I believe in Jesus, right? I go to church every uh, every Sunday. Welcome, glad you're here, right? Um, I give, I step into generosity, Um, I actually volunteer and I serve. I'm really excited about the coffee and donuts that's going to happen next week so I can learn more about volunteering opportunities, right? Um, I try to live a good and moral life, right? And then living this way, this is my belief, living this way will give me favor with God and allow me to prosper in life. And it's all good, right? The problem with that, though, is we don't give our faith jurisdiction to the, all the areas in our life. So we continue to make decisions on a regular basis. We continue to engage with our thoughts on a regular basis, right? We continue to do all these things and, and live out certain actions without allowing our faith to have significant influence on these things. But here's what happens. But then the storm comes, and it's going to come. And we don't know what to do with the storm because here's what happens, right? You know in the storm you need to access something that's greater than yourself. You need to access something that, that's capable and has more power than you do. You know you need to access something, but because you don't access it in the other areas of your life, you realize like, oh, I can't just flip a switch with this thing and activate my faith. And so what we see here is what Jesus is saying is you have to be able to um, exercise your faith moment by moment. But when we have our faith over here and we live our lives over here, we don't we don't give ourselves the opportunity to exercise our faith moment by moment. But that's what Jesus is saying, that, that that's what is required. So, Leonard, how do you do that? How do you? How do you access your faith and and, and live it out moment by moment, right? So, listen, we got to go back to faith and what it is. So, the reality is we live in a broken world. Life is throwing things at us on a regular basis. And so, with life throwing things at us, what we know, though, is that also in the midst of the broken world, we have a God that is working things out for our benefit. So, we, we see that what we perceive on a regular basis, we can't trust it. It is not a reliable source of truth, right? So then then what is reliable? What is reliable is what God has revealed to us in his word, his voice in our lives, maybe in past experiences that we've had with the Lord. Those are the things that are reliable. And so here's what our faith tells us to do. Whatever God reveals to us, Our faith enables us to treat it as real, even though it is unseen. And then because of our faith, we can have the confidence and certainty that what God has revealed will happen. There's a certainty. There is a confidence that even though I can't see it myself, man, I believe that thing's still going to happen. That's what faith is. So let me, let me bring you back to something I said, and I'm going to tie these two things together. Remember, here's what I told you earlier. I said that we already, uh, um, that, that in life, that we'll, life will take you to a place where you literally think you won't make it. Situations where you're on the brink of unfathomable loss, and Jesus expects that it will be your level of faith that will get you through. Your faith will get you through. Okay, so now let's look at what that means. That means this, a day in the life of a disciple of Jesus involves having your reality shaped more by the word of God and his voice in your life over what you perceive to be true with your five senses and then I would also add with your emotions. The thing that the Lord reveals is going to be more real to me than what I'm experiencing with my, right? That's that's what that's what It it, it looks like, and that's what it means to to live your faith out moment by moment. So when you think about the disciples, and they're in the boat, and they're experiencing the wind and the waves, it's saying that, oh, man, um, I'm not going to, this isn't valid necessarily, and I'm going to lean on more on what Jesus says than what I'm experiencing right here in front of me. When it comes to your storm, maybe when it comes to your financial security, Maybe when it comes to the, the trajectory of your career. Maybe when it comes to your marriage. Or maybe when it comes to your kids. Or maybe you have a health challenge. What we're saying is that, that whatever you perceive you're experiencing in that, no, I'm going to rely more on what God has revealed to me and let that shape, that's going to be the thing that shapes my reality. So, with, and so what the Lord might be doing, the Lord might be, Uh, 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 saying that, hey, man, he's going to bring you out of it. That's what the disciples experienced. Or the the Lord might be saying, "Like, no, your comfort just is in the fact that I am present with you. Or for you, the the unfathomable, actually, it could happen, right? Because remember, we live in a broken world. The kingdom is here, but not yet. It's going to happen. But, But in that moment, the thing that you think is going to take you out, the thing that you think is going to end your life as you know it, it's the faith to say, like, oh, no, the Lord still heals, and he's going to restore, and there is joy and peace on the other side of this. Maybe, maybe that's what it is for you. So if that's the case, what level of pursuit do we need to have towards the truth? What level, what does it look like then for us to cling to what God reveals so tightly that it defines our experience over and above the thing that we're experiencing? okay. So let me help you guys out. So, um, okay, let me, let me just have to wait a little bit. Um, so listen, here's, here's what we're talking about. So faith, we're talking about the unseen, the things I can't see. We're talking about things like what you see is not a reliable source of truth, right? So, so if I'm on the stage, um, first of all, I navigate the stage all the time, right? I'll go up and down these stairs, no problem. I see, bam, 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 bam. Look, look at there. Uh, 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 uh. I do it all the time. Navigating those legs and the speakers It's what I do, Okay. Because it would be very bad if I tripped. I think about it all the time. Um, Very, very bad. So listen, so if we're talking about the unseen, if we're talking about the unreliability of the things that we perceive, so then what would it be like if if I were to close my eyes and I I were to take away my sight? I can't see right now. So if I'm going to navigate off the stage, um, it would be bad if I just went and tried to do that like normal without my sight. I'd trip, I'd fall, I'd break something, I'd bust my head, it'd be really bad. So then what needs to happen now is, I need to engage another sense in order for me to get off the stage, right? So I'm gonna engage the, the, the sense of touch as I try to get off the stage. Notice I can't move as fast now, right? I've slowed down my pace. There's a lot I want to say here, so you got to listen up and just, and just take the notes, whatever you need out of it. But, but, but I can't move as fast, right? But I'm feeling, I'm touching. You've never seen me navigate the stages way because I've never navigated the stages way because I've always had my sight. But I'm saying sight is unreliable. So I'm still, I'm feeling my way. I'm like, right, I ain't there yet? Dang, okay. A little more than I thought it would be. Um, so I'm feeling my way. Ah, there the edge is, Right? I'm being real clear about where I'm at. I'm engaging my sense of touch in a way that I never have before leaving the stage, right? Okay, there you are. Okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. Still engaging my sense of touch. Okay, here we go. Bam, I forgot how many steps it is though. Here we go. All right, here we go. Okay, here we go. Is it one more? All right, here we go. Bam. Yeah, All right, here we go. So listen, set us up. So listen though, how much did I have to cling to my sense of touch to get off the stage once I realized that my sight is not reliable? I had to engage another sense or else it would have been bad. So let me ask you this question. How would you relate differently to reading the Bible if you were depending on God's word to shape your reality? How different would it be? Now all of a sudden it changes my quiet time. It changes my devotional time. Maybe I'm not so flippant with like, oh, I didn't read the Bible today. No big deal. Because if I need God's word, listen to me, y'all. If I need God's word to literally shape my reality, then I'm going to have a desperation in pursuing his word. Right? If, 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 how would it change, how would I relate to my time with him when I'm trying to hear his voice, when I have a chance to remember, like, oh, man, the Lord, the Lord has done this for me before. He's, he's come to my rescue before. How much more or different would I relate to my time with the Lord if I needed it to shape my reality? It would be a game changer because the stakes are higher because I need it literally to shape my reality. Okay, okay, keeping the moving. So we're about to bring all this together, okay? So we're going to look at verse 25 again. Jesus asked them, where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, who is this, who then is this, that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? So you would think that after Jesus calmed the storm that the disciples would have been rejoicing, but that's not their experience. They were afraid because look at what Jesus did. Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and the wind stopped and it obeyed. Jesus, he spoke to the the waves and they ceased. Now listen, check this out. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I, I swim and I don't, but I don't, I don't boat for real. I haven't been in a storm or anything, but here's what I know about water. If the water's raging one minute, then if the wind stops, does that mean the water stops moving? No. Right. The lake is still choppy. The waves are still going because it takes time for the waves to settle. Man, my Jesus spoke to the water and the waves ceased. It was calm. If you've been to a lake or anybody of water and before it's disturbed, it looks like a sheet of glass. That's what they experienced. And so they saw Jesus, the thing that was causing them fear, the thing that was the source of their fear, Jesus just put that thing in check. So their fear was misplaced this whole time. They shouldn't have been afraid of the wind and the waves. They should have been afraid of Jesus. Because Jesus is saying, listen to me. Like I have shown you that I have authority over sickness and disease. He's saying I have authority to cast out demons. I have the authority to forgive sins. We learned last week that I have authority of life and death itself. And I also have the authority over nature, the wind and the waves. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm not these same religious leaders y'all been dealing with. I'm not nobody to play with. So don't fear that. What you need to do is you need to fear me. So our fear, their fear, it was misplaced. So listen, here's again, we're going to play this thing out. Here's what it looks like. Um, what it looks like is this. And so the storm happens, right? Right. Uh, and when the storm happens initially, you might be scared. Sometimes I get scared. Ah! Like, so that's what happens sometimes to me, right? It may happen. Sometimes I cuss. Um, I don't cuss all the time, though. But when I get scared, it might come out real quick. Um, so anyway, what I'm saying is that might happen. Give yourself the space. We are human for you to have that moment. Oh, you know. It might happen. It might throw you off. That's okay right? So that might happen. Give yourself space to allow that. Don't be so hard on yourself. But then once you gather yourself, right? You tell the storm, hold on, right? You tell the storm, hold on um, because I actually, I don't fear you, storm. There's somebody that I fear more than you and that's the king of kings and lord of lords and I gotta see what he has to say about this. So let me, let me step into my prayer closet. I hope you got a prayer closet. Or whatever, or whatever is best for you when you go to the Lord in, in dire need, right? So you go toilet. <laughs> Why are you messing with me? The toilet is a good spot, though. Toilet uh, toilet's a great spot, actually. Whatever it looks like for you, right? Whatever works. Uh-huh. So you go to the Lord because you fear him. You want to know what he has to say about your, your situation and your circumstance. And first, I understand who it is I'm talking to. I'm talking to Jesus. Jesus loves me and Jesus cares for me and Jesus is is working for my flourishing. So let me get that, let me understand that right off the bat. Oh, yeah. And Jesus has come to my rescue before. I'm not new to this. He's come through. So let me orient myself and exercise my faith and acknowledge who it is that I'm speaking to. And so then it's like, oh, man, like I, I have an honest moment with the Lord. Lord, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense why I'm the one that's going through this. I don't deserve this. And then, oh, thank you, Lord, for the revelation in your word in Isaiah 55, where it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the revelation. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the reorientation. Oh, yeah, Lord, I also forgot that sometimes you actually use storms as instruments for my flourishing. In other words, Lord, I remember that that if it had not been for the storm, I wouldn't experience the level of flourishing I'm in today. Once again, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the revelation. So once you fear the Lord, you you go to him and ask what he has to say to you. Um, Then you may ask, man, Lord, what are you saying to this specific situation that I'm in right now? So for the disciples, it's like, all right, what did Jesus say to me? It's like, oh, okay, Jesus said, let us go across to the other side of the lake. In other words, we are going to the other side. Jesus said, we're going we go to the other side. So, so, so I am exercising my faith. I'm believing what Jesus said that we're going to make it, despite what I'm experiencing. So I may see the waves But no, 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 Jesus said, we're going to make it to the other side. And so then, thank you, I'm living my faith, and so I leave my prayer closet, and then when I leave, then I move by faith, I don't just sit there. James says, faith without works is dead. Hello, somebody. That's another sermon. I ain't got time to go there. But I leave my prayer closet, and I move by faith, not based on my circumstances, but by what the Lord has revealed to me. So then I come out of my prayer closet and I got a whole different attitude. I got a whole different level of swagger like my man Lieutenant Dan had. Check this out. Force Gun, y'all you know that movie. One of my favorites, right? But Lieutenant Dan had energy about the storm. He said, "What?" He said, "He said, uh, uh, he said, you, you'll never sink this boat." He said, "Is this all you got?" He said, Oh, "We, we gonna make it through this storm." And so he had a whole different level of energy as it relates to the storm. And check this out. Um, um, I understand uh, this. This may not be uh, your personality, okay? Um, this is mine, I do this all the time. Ask my wife, I wake up like this. Babe, bye, babe, babe, you sleep good? Okay, uh, this is me all the time. This might not be your personality, but sometimes you gotta match the energy that's coming at you. If you're gonna overcome that thing, you gotta have the same energy toward it that it has towards you. And so I'm coming at the storm like Lieutenant Dan. Like, who are you, storm? I ain't scared of you. If anything, you need to see my Jesus. Because he's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. He has a plan and purpose in my life, and you're not gonna keep me from achieving it. And I will walk in victory in Jesus' name. Right? That's the level of energy you gotta come with with the storm. Because here's the reality, the rally is, is Jesus does not want you uh, to, to be crippled and overtaken with fear right? Jesus does not want you to be uh, crippled by anxiety or a lack of joy or a lack of peace. Like, no, Jesus wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace, right? He wants you to be free from anxiety. And so that's why we have to exercise our faith regardless of what we are experiencing and by faith believe and act accordingly. So a lot of times when it comes to faith, when it comes to um, exercising it, we, we sometimes kind of get up in, in the moral code and, and doing all the right things and avoiding all the wrong things, right? These, these are the things that we do. But what I believe is that, that when it comes to your faith, it's not about you working hard in what you do, but it is working hard as it relates to believing. This is the hard work that you do all you can to believe. My man Carrington earlier said that, man, I'm, I'm fighting to trust the Lord. You got you to gotta fight and you got to give all that you have to believing. This is the work. This is how we exercise our faith. This is what it's like in the day and the life of a disciple of Jesus. And so as I get out of here, I want you to consider some things. Number one being, what storm are you in right now? What's the storm that you're facing? What's the thing that, that has you experiencing fear? What's the thing that, that has you shook? What is that thing? What is the storm currently that, that you are facing right now? And then as you're in the storm, um, where is your faith? Are you... Uh, allowing your reality to be dictated more by the circumstances that you find yourself in more, uh, by the forces that are within the storm. Where is your faith in the storm? And then lastly, what is the Lord inviting you to believe by faith? Again, you have to hold on to what the Lord has said to you. And maybe you're in a position and you don't know what the Lord is saying to you about a particular thing. That's why it's so important to be in his word. That's why it's so important to be listening to his voice in every situation and in every circumstance because the Lord is speaking to you. So what is the Lord asking you to believe by faith? So real quick, uh, we, we got some time, so I'll, I'll do this. This is the participation part. Um, so let me ask a question, right? <clears throat> if, you've, if you're in the room and you've been in a storm and you've come out of the storm and you've seen how that storm, uh, somehow, some way, it worked out for your flourishing, would you raise your hand if, that's, if you've had that experience? All right, awesome, love it. Okay, hands down. Thank you, guys here's my second question <clears throat> if, if you're in the room and you're hearing me talk and I'm talking about faith and exercising your faith and, and then believing um, what God says over and above what you experience in your situation but if you're listening to me and you're like man Leonard man that's hard that's hard for me right now I just don't have it don't do it now I'm going to ask you to raise your hand not now because here's the deal, I want to acknowledge that for you to raise your hand, for you to acknowledge right now that you are in a storm, and for you to acknowledge that, man, I'm having trouble and I'm struggling, man, f- to come out in that way, That may be there may be some fear associated with that. But I'm asking you right now to exercise your faith. I'm asking you right now to believe more about what the Lord might want to do more than you you believe in the fear that you're experiencing. So I'm going to ask you to step out in faith as you answer this question because this could be the next step that the Lord might be asking you to take as it relates to the storm that you're going through. And I don't know about you, but I believe in a God that is always on the move. I believe in a God that, 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 that in an unexpected way, he just shows up. And so I have faith every time we come in here, every single Sunday, every time someone shares the gospel and talks about Jesus, I just want you to know that I'm believing for miracles to happen in the room. I'm believing for breakthrough to happen in the room. So I don't want to miss out on on an opportunity for someone's breakthrough to happen. I don't want you to miss out on an opportunity for your breakthrough to happen. Okay, so I'm going to ask the question, and this time, I want you to raise your hand. If you're in the room and for you, faith has been a challenge and you're struggling to have faith, would you raise your hand? Okay, keep your hands up. Now, everyone that raised your hand that came through the storm, man, would you surround these people right now? Would you surround the folks that just put their hand up? And so I want you to pray for them. And as you pray for him, I want you to remember. I want you to remember what it was like for you to go through the storm. I want you to remember what it was like and, and how you were fearful and how you were afraid. I want you to remember the anxiety you felt. And I want you to remember what made the difference for you. And would you pray? Lord God, we come today. Lord, we are grateful that you are our Father and that our Father is the King of kings and the Lord of lords our Father is the creator of the universe. And that you are someone, God, that loves us. That you would would think of us and that you would love us and desire good things for us, for us to prosper and for us to flourish. And so, So right now, Lord, we come to you on behalf of our brothers and our sisters that are struggling. So I just pray, God, that that right now that they would experience you in a very special and a very unique way. I pray, Lord, that they would experience your, your power and they would experience your presence in a way that they've never felt before. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would bring to remembrance all the ways that you've been there for them in the past. All the ways that you have come through, I pray, Lord, that they would remember by your Holy Spirit all the ways that that you have shown up and shown yourself faithful in their lives. And, Lord, we just thank you, God, that you are immutable and that if you did it then you can do it again. And we choose to believe by faith that we're going to come through. Lord, I pray for For revelation, I pray for a hunger for the word. I pray for a community to come around to encourage, to undergird, to support them in the most difficult trials and in the most difficult situations. But Lord, we believe that there is victory. We believe either for deliverance, we believe either for the power of your presence. We believe that, man, in a situation where we thought that we were going to be taken out, that you will, in fact, keep us and you will sustain us and that you will actually heal and restore us. In a situation where it looks like it's the end of the world, we believe that there will be a day where we will have joy. Lord, we're just grateful for your word that says that the present sufferings does not compare to the future glory. We're thankful for your word that says eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor heart has imagined of those what God has for those that love the Lord. So we, th- we thank you for that, Lord. And today we believe it by faith. So would you be with my dear friends, my brothers and my sisters? I don't know what they're facing, Lord, but you know all about it. You love them more than anyone does. You delight in them in your presence and how you made them. You've given them a plan. You have a plan for them. You've given them a purpose. You have things for them to do. You want to establish your kingdom through them. You want people to see your goodness through them. Their story is not over. Their testimony is not over. So right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we're believing for breakthrough. We're believing for healing and we believe that we can come out on the other side. So God, we thank you, Lord. We we praise you. Help us, God. Give us the courage we need to believe by faith. Give us the courage we need to have our reality shaped more by your Word than what we're currently experiencing. Help us, God, supernaturally, God. Activate your Holy Spirit inside of us, God. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We give these things to you because it's in you and you alone where our hope lies. We pray all these things in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Hey, Amen. Can we give it up for the Lord who we believe is already moving, who's already active, who's already making a way? Listen, man, so I'm wrapping up. But ultimately, here's my prayer. Here's my prayer for our church. Here's my prayer for our people. That regardless of what we face, that we can walk out of here. We can face our trial, our circumstance, and our storm. And we can do so victoriously because of who our God is that's my prayer that's my prayer so listen I I hope you've enjoyed we've been in the book of Luke and we've been reading this you guys have been reading on your own so we'll be in Luke chapter 10 um this week and don't forget that you should also um share share what you're learning in scripture with someone else right this happens best in fellowship so don't forget to don't forget to do that um so, I also want to remind you, if you're here for the first time, second time, we'll see you at the connect point, point. and then I also want to remind you that uh, we'll be having coffee donuts next Sunday, um, and hearing about more opportunities to serve. All right. So, would you guys stand? We're about to get out of here. <clears throat> so, as we go, I just, I just, I do want to say. You know, all the laughter and the jokes, right? I don't want to diminish what someone's facing in this storm. But I do just want to highlight the significance of who our God is. And I pray that as we leave this place today, as you go about your week, man, that you would cling to the revelation of God in your life you would be desperate to spend time with him and to hear his voice in your life and I pray that as we leave this place that your reality is not shaped by what you see, what you perceive, what you feel Mm-mm. that your reality would be shaped by the truth that God reveals and that you would receive his love that you would know that that you are beloved and delighted in and that you would see the hope of the future that the Lord has for you. That's my prayer. That's my hope for this church. That's my hope for all of you. That's my hope for me and my family. So go live that out. Go live that out. Be blessed. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you, guys.